This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Turning your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 7. All right, so we want to get to work tonight um, with verse number 7. And uh, this is a very unique verse. I hope I can teach you something in the word tonight that you will not forget. And I hope that it will be a blessing to you. In verse number seven again, and remember the Lord Jesus is the one who's talking. He said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. Now I want you to look at this. And if you have liberty, you feel in your heart, you can write in your Bible. Some people have strong convictions. They don't do that. And I, what, to each person, whatever. I, my Bible is filled with notes. But if you have a habit of writing in your Bible, I want to encourage you to underline this word, overcometh. And if you're taking notes, write that word down. This is significant to verse number seven. We'll talk about it in just a moment. All right, so there's a couple of things that uh, I, I want you to see here uh, in this passage. Because in, in verse number uh, seven, it pertains to uh, some, some incredible things, some incredible truths. There is a promise made in this passage of scripture that relates to the tree of life. Some of you are familiar with this passage. Maybe perhaps you're familiar with poetry where the poet talks about the tree of life. Maybe you're familiar with songs about the tree of life. Um, various presentations about the tree of life. You, you're very familiar in its origin in the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve had sinned, they took the forbidden fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Of course, they had access to the tree of life in Eden. And because of their transgression, God drove them out of Eden. And he went as far as to say that because of what you have done, he put angels at the uh, entrance of, of the garden and with, the, with a flaming sword. And he said, you're not going back in there. You're not going to eat of the tree of life. Now, this is a very interesting thing because Jesus brings this up. He brings the tree of life up, but he, he talks about it with this word overcometh. And that's what I want to talk to you about in the beginning of the study this evening because there is going to be a restoration of the tree of life in heaven. There is a word that talks about things to come. It's, it's a, it's a uh, seminary word that we use a lot in, the, in preacher circles uh, but it's a word that I have used and tried to make you familiar with as we study uh, end time events in January. We talk about Bible prophecy, and that word is eschatology. 
Eschatology is the subject or the study of things to come. That's what that word means. And so this thing about the tree of life is something yet to come for us to partake of. So again, the tree of life is going to, there's going to be a restoration of that in heaven. But I want you to look at this. Uh, in fact, let me let you look at another passage of scripture. Revelation 21, verse 27. Let's look at that real quickly. Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 27. And so um, they're going to have to keep up with me talking instead of just looking at this paper because sometimes I throw them a curveball and uh, they, they don't get uh, the full benefit of where you are and where I am when they're just going by the paper. But in Revelation 21, 27, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm gonna talk about this more in just a moment, but let me say right off the bat, only saved people will be in heaven. I emphasize saved, redeemed, purchased by the blood. Having said that, and you underline this word overcometh, I want to give you some very elementary thoughts about only saved people in heaven. And that is, there is absolutely nothing you can do, I can do to save myself, to save you. You cannot save me. You cannot save your grandparents. They cannot save you. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 is a classic verse of scripture and we referenced this last week. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. So, you know, right off the bat, if I were going to once again revisit my youthful days and debate a Jehovah's Witness, this would be one of the verses I would use. Because they emphatically, dogmatically believe that you have to work your way to heaven. That's, that's, that's the cornerstone of their doctrine. And the scriptures teach so well. And by the way, if you've ever had a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon to knock on your door and they're pushing the watchtower, uh, their Book of Mormon, whatever it may be, they do carry a King James Bible with them. That's, that's sort of like their idea of getting in your home. Please don't entertain those people. You, you don't want to do that. But if I were going to revisit my, or resow some wild oats, this would be one of those scriptures I would use. Because the word clearly says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. What is the gift of God? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus is the gift of God. In verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then to go hand in hand with that, or those two passages is Titus chapter 3 and verse number 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. So you know this, never forget it. 
Salvation cannot be earned. Now, this is a strange word to go along with that. Overcometh. Look at it carefully. To him that over, this is, let me show you how easily it is to take the word of God out of context. Okay, one person, somebody, people could read this passage and get the idea that if you just do this, that, or the other, if you overcome, if you're able to finagle, to manipulate, if you're able to jump the hurdles, if you're able to do stuff, if you overcome, then I'm going to let you go to heaven. You're going to be able to enjoy the tree of life. That's not what that means at all. But I know people who take this verse out of context and try to stretch their imaginations to apply that. that, that that's really heresy. That's not what the word says. But the word overcometh. Look at this. Salvation cannot be earned. However, and I emphasize that, however, living a victorious Christian life. You see, salvation is God's responsibility. In order for you and I to go to heaven, he had to send Jesus to the cross. There was no other way that he had the responsibility. If he wanted to spend eternity with us, if he wanted a fellowship, a relationship with us, it was his responsibility. There was no other way he had to send Jesus. However, living a victorious Christian life is not God's responsibility to you and I. Living a victorious Christian life is my responsibility and your responsibility. And if we trust him and if we obey him, we can be. We, we will live that victorious life. If we live our Christian lives carelessly, if we live despondently, if we live defeatedly, uh, we... We bring a shame, we bring a reproach to the name of Christ because that's not his plan, his purpose, his will, his design for those who trust him. Now, again, go back to this word overcome because if we are overcomers, according to the word, we will share, we will be able to partake of the tree of life. The tree of life is not heaven. The tree of life is in heaven. And according to the word of God, if we overcome, what, and we'll talk about what that means in just a minute, the word says that we will be able to partake of, eat of, the tree of life. Now, but if we're careless in our lives, we lose out on this. Let me show you something. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm going to read that in a minute, so don't get that one on the screen yet. I want to emphasize this. It is possible for a believer, a born-again believer, who will be saved for eternity, 
who will live in heaven with the Lord Jesus and the redeemed, the ransomed for all the ages, it will be possible for us to enjoy the splendor, the Lord Jesus, God himself, the Holy Spirit, the saints of old, we will be able to enjoy them while the endless ages roll. However, if we are negligent and careless in our Christian lives, we will suffer loss. What that means is there are rewards or crowns that can be won in this life where we lose because of careless, riotous living. In fact, this is the scripture I'd like for them to get on the screen for you right now, and that's 2 John 1, 8. Now look at this. Let's study this tonight. Look to yourselves. Okay, the Holy Spirit is moving John to write, examine yourselves, the same thing we do when we have communion. Let every man examine themselves. We have no responsibility in examining our neighbor, and they have no right to examine us. We have to look to ourselves, examine ourselves, but look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought. You know, if there were if there were no rewards in heaven, if walls there weren't jasper and streets weren't of gold, if mansions throughout the endless ages would crumble, and if everybody there would still grow old. Well, still, I would see everything my soul longs to see because Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me. Now, I'm excited about everything heaven has. I'm excited about everything the word talks about. And I'm excited that I will be in that environment. But there, there is a very important admonishment that if if I live my life carelessly then there is a very serious admonishment that I am going to lose out on the crowns or rewards that can be won in this life for a devoted life to Christ and this says this that we lose not those things. That's not talking about salvation. You cannot lose your salvation. Eternal security is another day, another subject altogether. You cannot lose your salvation. This doesn't say lose your salvation, lose your soul. That we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. This is talking about rewards, crowns, in heaven. Now, the scripture that goes along with this is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11 through 15. And it says this, 
For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but again, he himself shall be saved. You cannot be unsaved no matter what you do when you have been saved, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So this is how it works. On this side of eternity, we have a major responsibility to live for Jesus. And in the process of that, it covers a lot of acres. We serve, we give, we witness, we forgive, we share. Uh, We use our spiritual gifts and talents so, so much. Now, if we're doing them for the right reasons, if we're motivated by Jesus, again, as I said last week, if you do what you do in the name of Jesus because you want that pat on the back, you will suffer loss. Because this thing is not about us. It's about him. So on this side of eternity, if what we're doing is strictly for him, that means this, whether whether somebody recognizes me or not makes no difference. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and serve Jesus just the same. I'm going to love him just the same. I'm going to witness just the same. I'm going to do everything just the same. Whether, whether he acknowledges it, he acknowledges it, whether, well, whatever they do, it doesn't matter because it's all about him. Now, if I'm motivated in this life for all the right reasons, it's all about him regardless of what any man can say or do or think about me. On this side of eternity, what's going to happen is, according to the scripture, the Lord will take all of our life's work and he says that he is going to try it by fire. By the way, when you study judgments of God, most of the time he judged with fire. The word says... And Paul declares it, that he's going to take all of our, it's sort of like this. We, we, we arrive into heaven and we pull up in there with this big truckload of stuff. God's going to take all the stuff and he's going to put it in this fire. And this fire is going to judge or try everything we've done in this life. And if what we have done was for human recognition, God says it will be consumed with fire. That'll be the end of it. 
But if we pull up to heaven with a truckload of stuff, we have served the Lord faithfully ever since we became born again children of God. The Lord takes a truckload of stuff, he puts it in the fire, and if it comes forth, the Lord says, I know you did it for me. If nobody ever gave it a second thought, I know you did it for me. According to the word, the Lord is going to reward us for faithful service. Now, it gets a little, little deeper here. Because another interesting thing about verse number seven, it's amazing how we get so much out of one verse. But look, at another interesting thing here is this, that the word says Jesus himself is declaring this. He said, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. So it's going to be Jesus himself who presents the reward of partaking of the tree of life. It's an individual thing. Now, that, that means this. Heaven is a big place. And, and the scriptures declare the holy city, it, it gives us dimensions in Revelation, 1,500 miles, four square. 12 foundations. It's going to be a major, major, major place filled with a lot of people who gave their hearts to Christ. But no matter how big heaven will be, and no matter how many people will be in heaven, in fact, there's another place in the scriptures where the Bible says there'll be so many people there that the number cannot be counted. No matter how many people are there, no matter how big it's going to be, heaven will never be too big for the Lord to still deal with all of us on an individual basis. To him that overcometh him is a singular word. It's not a plural word. Him, to him. If you and you and you and the uncountable numbers of the world are faithful, if you overcome, we'll talk about that in a minute, overcome, Jesus said, then I will give you and I will give you, I will give you, I will give you the opportunity the reward to eat of the tree of life. Now, again, the tree of life is not heaven. The tree of life is in heaven. And so we have to understand that the tree of life is not, and I emphasize this, is not eternal life. You, you, need to, you need to get that in your heart. The tree of life is not eternal life. The tree of life is a reward for faithfulness. I want you to see this in Revelation 22. 
I want to look at verse number two and verse number 14. Revelation 22 and verse number two. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare 12 manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And in verse number 14, blessed are they that do his commandments to him that overcometh. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. Now, it seems that the tree of life is reserved especially for Christians who have overcome. Overcome what? Overcome the world. And this is important. One has to be already saved to be in heaven in the first place. Amen? You, you, you can't just, it's, it doesn't work like you just don't show up. You have, in order to be in heaven, the, the, the qualification is you have to be born again. You have to be saved. You have to be redeemed. You cannot be there unless you're saved. So, so being in heaven is a given that you're saved. All right, so think about this. It, Jesus said, it's a type of reward to him that overcometh. Will I give to eat of the tree of life? Now that's a powerful teaching. I know that's a lot to be seen in, in one simple verse. And I don't know that we have time to get into verse number eight, but I'm going to dabble at it for about 60 seconds. Because what I want to read the remainder of the verse. It says, Will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God? And the word paradise is mentioned three times in the word. Okay. So let me, let me read this verse number eight, and we'll have to stop here tonight. And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna, we had just got through talking about the church in Ephesus. Unto the angel of the church in Smyrna, remember there's seven churches in Asia Minor. John said, as he's writing down the Lord speaking, write these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Now, the interesting thing about the church of Smyrna is that this is the only church out of the seven that Jesus did not criticize. When I studied that, I found that to be intriguing. 
In this passage, Jesus reminds us of his eternality, that he is eternal. He reminds us also about his resurrection. These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. He lived, he died, he rose again, and he is alive forever. So I need to stop here tonight. There's just too much to get into an introduction to verse number eight and not finish several key points. So anyway, let's reflect a minute. A tree of life, that's something else, amen, to him that overcometh. And it's talking about faithful service to the Lord, faithfulness. If you were faithful to the Lord. Now, there are five crowns. We'll talk about them in next week perhaps as well. But overcometh is not talking about if you're saved because you have to be saved to be in this environment, to be in heaven to begin with. This tree of life is, some, is, is an additional thing. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life. Not everybody, not everybody will overcome. It's just like not everybody will receive a full reward. Some people, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, he said some people will suffer loss. John tells us that we should not be ashamed at his coming that we receive a full reward. Some people will receive a full reward. Some people will suffer loss. And there's a lot to be seen and said about that as well. Let's stop here tonight. That's good stuff. Amen. Amen. That's good word. Praise the Lord. Amen. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.